Welcome, everyone. I'm excited to continue on this week in our teaching series in the book of 2 Corinthians. And the title of this morning's message is Same Team, Same Values. But before we get into our teaching, let me just share with you some exciting opportunities for you to grow in this season. We have several online life groups that have started, and we'd love for you to join one. You can check out all of our online life groups and sign up for them at risenkingchurch.com forward slash groups online. You can also get plugged in by serving with Boxes of Hope. Already several boxes have been delivered, and hope is spreading faster than COVID-19. Volunteer. Take the long way home from grocery shopping and drop off some items at the church. Find out more about how you can be a part at risenkingchurch.com forward slash boxes of hope. You can be part of the hope train by giving at this time at risenkingchurch.com forward slash give or mail in your giving at Risen King Church, 26 Manning Avenue, Butler, New Jersey, 07405. Remember, hope is on the way. One of the great things about teaching through books of the Bible is that we get to teach through some pretty exciting passages. Likewise, we get the opportunity to wrestle with some of the more difficult passages that we have in the Bible. Today, we get to tackle one of those more difficult passages. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 14 through 18 and I am going to be reading this morning from the New Living Translation. Here's what it says. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. ESV says do not be yoked with unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Paul has been writing to the Corinthian church about all sorts of issues regarding Christian living. Some people have used this passage to say the Apostle Paul is saying here that a Christian should not marry people who are unbelievers or who do not share the same faith. Others have argued that this passage is really about idolatry. It's really a little bit more about setting believers free from idolatry. But this passage does more than just deal with marriage or than deal with idolatry. God's Word most often gives us principles that we're called to live by, as opposed to specific details. That's why God gave us Ten Commandments and not 600 laws which were made by Jewish teachers. We need to understand his principles and we need to understand and learn how to apply them wisely. When God teaches us a principle, there must be a reason for it. And it must be good for us, right? So Paul asks us five questions to make us think, 
to make us examine this issue really closely. And they all illustrate this huge gap that exists between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God. He uses this contrast in between righteousness and wickedness. He asks questions about light and darkness, about Christ and the devil, about a believer and unbeliever, about God's temple and idols. We are, in fact, Scripture teaches us that we are the living temple of God. So can these opposites emerge? Like, I don't know if you've ever done this experiment before, but if you've ever taken oil and kind of mixed it uh, with water, you'll find out quickly that they end up separating. They, in fact, cannot mix together. Paul then takes and he quotes some words for the Old Testament to them in verse 16. I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. This is from Ezekiel 37, 27. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you and I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. The central message here for us is that believers are part of the family of God. With God at the head, we're connected in a deep way with each other under the lordship of Jesus. Our vital family relationships need to remain totally focused on Jesus and on each other so that we can remain pure and not be influenced by a culture who's thrown God's word out of the window. We're called to be the influencers of culture, leaders, not followers, men, women, children, teenagers, young adults, people of character who hold firm to God's word. We're called by God to bring the culture of heaven to earth. We're called to pull down the blessings of heaven, the truth of heaven, the miracles of heaven, the relational stability of heaven, and the healing of heaven to earth. The problem is when the lines are blurred and we start to operate out of the culture of the earth, when we start developing the philosophies of the world, we put ourselves and our families in danger. We begin to open up a doorway that will allow compromise to our faith. We begin to live like God's word doesn't matter, like the things that the Bible teaches are too outdated for our modern sensibilities. And here's the thing, compromising in our faith doesn't happen overnight. In fact, it begins with small choices. The clean water here represents who we are when heaven's influence is on us. This black paint here represents the influence of the world. The influence of people and philosophies that do not share the values of heaven. Now, compromise begins with small choices. No one will know if I change the numbers on my report at work. No one will know or no one will miss me if I'm not at church serving this week. Oh, oh, you know what? It's just one night. My wife won't find out what happened on this business trip. Oh, oh, not to not to worry. I don't need to be accountable to anyone. Only God can judge me. 
And here's exactly what happens. What you get is you drown out heaven's destiny in favor of darkness. This is what Paul is cautioning us against. Paul isn't telling us, hey, don't hang out with people who don't share your Christian faith. What he's telling us is don't forget who you belong to. Don't forget your family is with God our Father. Don't forget that your family is with you, me, and you who are brothers and sisters. You are our real family. We are your real family as the church of Jesus Christ. If you miss this point, if you forget this point, you've begun to travel down a painful journey. Removed from God's blessings by your own choices. Now let's deep dive into the principle of not being equally yoked with people who don't share your values. A yoke is, in fact, a wooden bar that keeps two oxen together. Remember, Jesus lives, the Apostle Paul lives during an agrarian culture. They're doing lots and lots of farming, and so they would have used various different types of cattle to be able to uh, tread the ground and open it up to be able to farm with it or transport things with it. So this yoke would have been a wooden bar that would have kept two oxen together side by side while they were pulling a plow that was plowing the ground. And they were close, and so they needed to work together. Imagine you're an ox tied to another ox, someone who doesn't share your values. And the first powerful concept that Paul shares is that you're at work. You're exerting effort in a direction. And imagine plowing that field, pulling a heavy load. Now imagine what happens when one ox is stronger than the other, faster than the other. They don't pull well together when one is going in an opposite direction from the other. In fact, it would cause tension. And let's take a look at the words that Paul uses. So I, I want you to, to understand this right here. He says, how can righteousness partner with wickedness? Then he talks about life and living. He says, how can light live with darkness. Then he goes on and he talks about harmony. He says, what harmony can there be between, between Christ and the devil? And he talks about partnership. He says, how can a believer partner with an unbeliever? And then he goes on into even deeper depth and he says, what union can there be between God's temple and idols? Paul's point here is that we are called as Christians to live under the culture of heaven. When Jesus taught us how to pray, he taught us that we should pray on earth as it is in heaven. That means that heaven is our source, model, and the inspiration for our lives. When we begin to try to harmonize our sin with the holiness of God, it, it doesn't work. It breeds confusion in our spirit that doesn't allow us to be who God called us to be. Just look at this image right here. Scripture says that we're to live a life worthy of the call that we have received from God. If you're listening to this message today, know that God is calling you into something greater than the same old stuff. God is calling you into the depths of a relationship with him through Jesus. 
when we engage in a relationship with God, a natural response is that we begin to move away from things that aren't healthy, godly, and honorable. Every year I go on uh, this 21-day fast. Normally it's a Daniel fast, which means only fruits, vegetables, and waters, absolutely no meat. And, and let me tell you, for, for me, who I enjoy a juicy hamburger to go vegan, man, it's difficult. And y'all know the only right way to eat a hamburger is medium. I know what I'm talking about. The very first time I did the fast, I was on my 21st day. Man, I was craving a nice, juicy burger. So I woke up the next day, went straight for a Wendy's, and ordered a double patted Baconator. The picture looks so good on the menu. I pulled that bad boy out of the bag, and I went to town on that thing. I mean, it was the most delicious thing that I had eaten in those 21 days. Problem was, a few minutes later, I began to feel like my stomach was tearing apart. You see, my stomach had adjusted itself to my vegan lifestyle. It was now accustomed to fresh foods and no grease. The second that I put grease and frozen patties into my body, my body began to reject the grease. And it works similarly for the Christian. Jesus takes us and washes us from our sin. He slowly begins to remove us from association with things that are not helpful to our new relationship. As a Christian, we need a steady diet of the goodness of heaven. There are things that we now need to do to feed and to grow our relationship with God. And those things are counter to the greed, selfishness, sinfulness, darkness, and murderous culture that this world and its systems embrace. There will be times when we mistakenly embrace sin. There will be times when we forego the goodness of heaven. In those moments... Your spirit will begin to reject what you've put into your body, what you've embraced with your mind. And it will warn you that it's counter to God's love for you. That's called conviction. And that conviction leads us to a place of repentance. It's easy to become polluted. And this is what Paul is cautioning us against. Because when anything comes in the way of our relationship with Jesus, it becomes an idol that's in fact ready to destroy us and we don't even know it. All the fundamental decisions in your life need to be based out of the value system of heaven. You might say, well, Pastor Tom, well, what does heaven value? The New Testament is a great place to start reading, to understand what the value system of heaven is. It's a beautiful thing to know that God's design for you is so uniquely different than what our world embraces. I want to encourage you today to begin to consider living out of a different set of values than the ones that perhaps you've embraced. And I want you to begin to receive the value system of the creator, the king, 
the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Church, I would love to pray with you right now. This is a powerful moment where we can turn to God and say, God, I want to live for you. I know that the value system of heaven is one of blessings. It is one of favor. It is one of the presence of God continuously in my life. And, and I want that because I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the muddiness of life. I'm done with polluting uh, my body with the things of this world. I'm done with polluting my mind with the thoughts of this world. I'm done with receiving the value system of earth. I'm done with the greed, the selfishness. What I want is the value system of heaven. What I want is to pray down heaven into my home. What I want is to pray down heaven into my community. If that's you, I want to pray with you right now because I believe that the goodness of heaven will shower you right now. I'm learning to use this phrase on a regular basis because it reminds me of the goodness of God. And so I want to share it with you again today. I want to remind you that God is in a good mood. And he is ready to transform your life and to do something so incredibly special in your life. If you would only allow him to by receiving Jesus as your Savior. If you're a Christian, if you would only allow him to by repenting of your sin, saying, I'm done with this value system. I'm ready to embrace the value system of the cross. I'm ready to embrace the value system of heaven. If that's you. Would you join me in prayer right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you for the difficult passages in your scripture. Thank you that your word teaches us what to value, what to receive to ourselves. And Father, thank you that you only have good intentions, intentions of blessing, intentions of favor over our life. You have purpose. You have calling, God. There is a design. We have been uniquely designed with a purpose, Lord Jesus. But Father, sometimes we stray away from that purpose. Sometimes we've never known that purpose because we've never known you as Savior. So right now we receive that purpose, both by receiving you as Savior and by repenting and moving away from our sinfulness. Lord, help us to receive the value system of heaven. Help us to love what you love. Help us to see the world as you see the world. Help us to see people as you see people. Help us to have the mind of Christ and to think and to reject things that would pollute our mind with the value systems of this world. Help us to embrace the fullness of who you are and all that you've called us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen.